The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Welcome back to another episode of the Tumbling Saber Podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Murray. I'm Nathan. Welcome back, everybody. We, t- we took a week off last week, but uh, man, time moves quick in 2020. The, the year that seems to be standing still, but yet here we are and back at it again for another week. And uh, well, guys, we got we, we can even get a chance to talk about the Mando Season 2 trailer. I mean, that's that's swept us all off our feet, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the floor. Oh man! And come to think, come to think, but I may have dreamt it. <laughs> we were robbed. Anyway, <laughs> you win some, you lose some, right? Yeah. Stolen yeah. valor by the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was lots of DC news. If we want to talk yeah. about that at some point, holy cow! Um, they really, they really ran away with the weekend, and Tumble, maybe tumbling batarang. Sure, I'm okay with that. Man, oh my Star Wars and garters and batarangs. Hey, listen, DC is where the content's at, apparently. Oh, they crushed it this weekend. I don't, I don't know if we're if we're gonna get into talking about fandom at all tonight, but they they crushed it. They did a fantastic job, yeah. really, really solid job. Um, before we get to that, uh, Marie, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Trying to catch up on um, things that I haven't quite caught up on. I've got 20 minutes left of Dr. Afra um, audio drama. Uh, it's really picked up and has a lot of Sonostaros in it. So that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm about 15% of the way through Poe Dameron Freefall, which somehow totally escaped my whatever that it was a young adult novel. <laughs> I don't know how like that escaped me, but not that it matters because I read all of it. But like I started reading it and I'm like, this is a young adult novel. So, so... what you're saying is there's lots of sex in it? <laughs> um not quite um but i don't know it was just interesting like because i was geared up for this like hardcore intense adult novel and i'm like okay i gotta like reset my expectations but so far i'm really really enjoying it um and then i some things were a little different than I thought they would be with Dragon Con Star Wars trivia, but I got invited as a finalist, so that's super exciting. And that will be Sunday, September 6th, around 2 p.m. Eastern. Somewhere around there. I'll definitely update the Facebook group if anyone's interested in watching a trivia contest that's really intense trivia. Only if I can wave pom-poms. 
<laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> now, how many finalists are there? Typically 10. That's, that's quite and, the field. Yeah. And like in a, in a typical in-person Dragon Con year, 120 people take the written test. Good God. And the top 10 go to the live finals round. Hmm. I would like to write one of these written tests just for the hell of it, just to see how hard this thing is. Because I, I have like I have no intention, no desire to get involved with it to the level that you do. Because I know the I know the torment you people put yourselves through with studying and binge watching and trying to hammer all these details home. I I I couldn't. But I would just to see. I would love to try one of these written tests. They should put that like a dummy test out there, just so for the, as dull they... no normals to grab. They are. They're they're releasing a written test this year that's quote just for fun. Sounds like an episode of Luminous Beings to me, Carl. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that actually does sound like a lot of fun. I'm gonna try and do yeah. that for sure. So yeah, it's um because there's no paywall for Dragon Con this year. It's just all gonna be available. And it, it bears repeating again, like Dragon Con is one of the big boy cons. Like it's, it's not your, it's not Montreal Comic Con. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's one of the uh, more prominent cons out there along with San Diego and uh, Salt yeah. Lake City. Uh, I mean, you've got like 80,000 people that, that attend every year. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not small potatoes there. So good for you, Marie, to make, to make that field. And that's a tight competition. It's, it's. A lot of the heavy hitters show up for it. Mm -hmm. Team Marie. Team Marie all the way. Yay! I'm so excited. When I when I got the email inviting me to be a finalist, I like screamed, jumped out of my <laughs> sofa, and like started jumping around. I was so excited. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> mm, sure. So now like you're diving you're doing the Star Wars animated shows. Where are you going to go next? Like do you, do you, do you guys all strategize and keep it to yourselves about what you're going to study next? Like are you going can you can you divulge what you're going to study hard next? Um I try to not give away too much. Oh, okay. Um just because I don't want like you know other people that because we've started like some of us follow each other on like social media facebook twitter so it's like you don't want you know <laughs> people to know what it is exactly you're studying but um i have a notebook that has a bunch of questions in it and the 11 year old boy that was participating last year who got in the top 10 and beat me because of a hyphen um <laughs> he let, uh, let it go marie let it go <laughs> i know i know Hello. Um, so, uh, my You're notebook. just a youngling, Marie. Do what? Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but this notebook, um, his mom, like, convinced me to share questions with him. Oh, that's cool. I mean, how can you say no to a mom? We were waiting in line for us to go into the room and it was it was a fun little, you know, fan interaction. So like between Star Wars fans. So that was 
it was fun. It, it was worth it. All right, I'm, I'm going to throw one at you. Here's a question for you, Marie. You ready? Oh, gosh. What is Harrison Dula's middle name? What? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't even know if she has one. <laughs> okay, like, I don't know. <laughs> Chamarit? Chamarella? <laughs> Chamarama Ding Dong? Oh my gosh. I mean, she may or may not. I and it may the answer may actually be out there, but I hope I didn't like open up a new wound and go, "Oh no." Character middle names like is it that granular? Is this competition that granular to really hit you with that kind of question? Not really. Um it'll ask a question like you may get well, on the written test, you may get a question that has like four names listed. And they're all totally wacky, and you're like, what is happening? But they won't ask you, what is this person's middle name? Because it'll be one of the, the option will be the full name. Oof. Just choose C. But I do know go with, go with C. One, it, <laughs> one interesting, I, I forget if I've mentioned this before, and maybe y'all are well aware of this, but Jabba's full name Come oh, this, the, this, uh, oh, D starts with a D. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to get it though, but I, I, I'll give myself like a, a quarter point for that. Desmond. Jabba, the celebrity, Tior. Desmond. <laughs> Desmond. <laughs> Sorry, say it again, Marie. What was it? Deselagic, Tior. Yeah. Jabba, the Celagic, Tior. Yeah. Well, that's nonsense. <laughs> well, I mean, his his, his a... full his full first name is Jab Anthony. <laughs> uh, that sounds like some Tim Zahn nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Mithra Nuorodu. Oh, stop it! <laughs> <laughs> is that is that book out yet? No, it's September fourth. Oh, right, that's right. I, I've seen it all over online, so I, I feel like I might be the only person that doesn't have an ad- advanced reader copy. Mm. <laughs> I feel that all the time, and it always hurts. Right? It's like, how did how did some of these people get these copies? I mean, I I'll understand. ask. I've asked nicely, and I don't even get a. I I, I can't even get a flat no to these people. Listen, the way shipping works here, even if I got advanced reader copies, they still wouldn't get here until like release day anyway or later. <laughs> so I like pre-order uh, like a, bo- a book from Amazon and it'll get here like two weeks after. Well, I mean, they the could send you the Kindle, right? Yeah, that's true. They could. They could. But who wants that? Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still had to buy the book. But of course. <laughs> Uh, Nathan, what's going on with you? Uh, not too much, I don't think. I uh, I ordered uh, some of those Walmart exclusive Black Series figures uh, a couple weeks ago. We talked about that in the in the group. Um, what else did I do? Oh, I pre-ordered uh, Star Wars Squadrons today. Oh, so cool, cool. I'll have that in hand release day, hopefully. So extremely excited for that. Um, other than that, um, 
my copies of Freefall showed up. Uh, I haven't started it yet, but it showed up. Um, Dark Legends showed up. Uh, I ordered the first volume of the Lost Stars manga. Nice. Um, nice. So, yeah, looking forward to digging into all those. Um, I think that was the bulk of it. I don't think I... I didn't watch any 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 Star Wars in the past week, I don't think. So, yeah. And that's the end of Nathan on the show. Goodbye. I didn't make it here anyway. <laughs> nope. Like I've always said, like it's, sometimes it's all right to to not watch. Yeah. Um, I've got my own show anyway. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> and like I, I had a very light week in terms of Star Wars too, but uh, something like, we did watch A New Hope today, and I was kind of in and out of the room with as my kids were watching. Um, but yeah, he so I bought my son um, a vintage collection figure, the Luke Skywalker in Stormtrooper armor, because I, I got my my pre-orders. I guess are going to start rolling in because I got a package this week from EB Games of uh, the Power Droid, the Gonk Droid vintage collection. Uh, Luke, Luke Skywalker in Stormtrooper armor, which is an incredible figure. Like the likeness of Mark Hamill of that movie is as good as I've seen. And the rest of the Great. sculpt is amazing too. Uh, and But my favorite one, I think, is uh, Clone Commander Wolf. And it's such a nice figure. I'm so glad. And it, it kind of came at me out of the blue. I had forgot that I'd ordered these and it just showed up. I'm like, yeah, yes. I'm so happy. Uh, but my son saw the Luke and he's like, he, he was like fixing just to tear it open. And I was like, don't you dare, sir. Uh, so he, he kind of squawked a little bit and I said, okay, fine. Um, so I, I ran out and I picked him up uh, his, his own. And just because he had that toy in hand, he said, can I watch this movie? And so we did. Uh, so we put on a new hope, which was the only star Wars that I really, took part in all week except for a couple of the comics which which we'll talk about later uh, but i did there's a small star wars connection here so i started watching high score on netflix which is a show about the history of video games not all of it but general overview of the history of video games and in, i think in the first or second episode they're talking to the guy who made et on atari and <laughs> like they're and you know of course he's he's very upfront about how this is like the worst game ever made. It's, Didn't you and I just talk about this? Last we did. Week? It, it, we did. It's <laughs> yeah. It's it's funny how that works out. Like we we did talk about that. Um, and he was talking about the pressure on him to make that game, and they they wanted it to ship in time for the holidays. So this programmer had five weeks to make the game. Oh my god! Which you know it it kind of speaks to why the game was so crappy, and so he he pitched it to Spielberg, and Spielberg's like. Meh can't you make it more like pac-man and he's like <laughs> no no it's gonna be like this and he's like okay so they made the game it sucked but um you know as they're talking about it they show this old office photo from the early 80s and i do a double take and i rewind and smack dab in the middle of the screen in this black and white office photo who's standing there is kathleen kennedy 29 years old <laughs> And oh I, my goodness yeah it was like you she's almost not recognizable like she's got like a little bob of a haircut and it's like oh my god that's kathleen like 40 years ago and i have this little mini freak out to the point that my wife's like uh did you see who was standing next to her I'm like 
No, who cares? It's Kathleen Kennedy. Except that it was Steven Spielberg. So uh. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, if you're into video games and, and the history of them, like, oh man, this series is just amazing. And it had me from the very beginning. In the same way that if you watched um, The Toys That Made Us, if you're into that sort of type of, of documentary that plunges into the, the nostalgia of your childhood oh man like it, it got me right in the heart like the styles uh the hair the clothes of the 80s the the, the aesthetic of the shopping centers uh, arcades everything like it's a time warp trip of a show uh gets into some really fascinating territory like the role-playing episode the, like the text-based role-playing episodes i i had no clue that that like line of gaming ever existed fascinating oh stuff. like a, like Oregon trail right like something yeah some stuff like that crazy stuff the way that kind of came to be and evolved into like final fantasy type stuff super mm. cool but man holy cow what a cool show and I'm, I'm not quite done but i can't wait like i just got finished through with the sega genesis episode which just i, I think i went through a whole box of kleenex crying like it was just like the most beautiful thing ever <laughs> Um, yeah, so it, you uh, nerd. Oh, such a nerd. And <laughs> I'm, and I'm watching, I watch, I watched the first couple episodes with my kids and I'm like, I, I gotta see, I want you guys to see like the first video games. And my daughter has no comment. She's just watching, but my son's like, this is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just killing myself laughing. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty bad. And he's like, no, it's so bad. <laughs> Listen, kid, these are the giants on whose shoulders pod racers stood. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's hilarious to, you know, look at these old games, the screenshots and the old gameplay. And it's just like indistinguishable. And he he recognized Space Invaders because he plays like this big glitzy version at the video or at the uh, movie theater. When we go like you sit in this cockpit of a chair, it's got a big cannon of a gun. It's super noisy. So he recognized that game. But everything else is just like. To him, it's not even a game. It's torture. <laughs> but anyway, check out High Score on Netflix. Um, super stuff. Um, cool. bit oh, of- I got some. I got some late entries. So I, my my comic shop, um, had a Dooku figure, a Dooku Black Series figure. Oh. And I didn't get him when when he first came out, and of course, you never see him anywhere. So. I snapped him up. Good. So I have a Dooku now. I have a Dooku. Uh, also, I completely forgot. Uh, I should mention that like two years ago, probably. Well, yeah, because I guess or maybe it was early last year. Anyway, <laughs> I won from Tumbling Saber a uh, an Infus Nest print. And uh, so Corey sent that to me <laughs> ages ago. And I finally got it framed. <laughs> So it's been it's been sitting on the shelf on top of my books for for however long it's been so i finally went to michael's got a frame it's still not on the wall but it's in a frame hey baby steps baby baby steps man one thing at a time yeah. like one so I, I yeah so i i got that done so infus nest is ready to go on the wall and and i do love that print so i'm really excited to get find a spot for uh and also i did um listen to the afro audiobook or the audio drama which uh i will probably get into at some point or marie you said you're still listening to it 
Yeah, I'm like tw- like 20 minutes away from the end. Oh, okay. Well, we can. Well, I guess we could tackle that next time, maybe. I guess I better get on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was your idea to. Uh, oh, I I, infin- I intended to do it today. <laughs> I wanted to do it today, but pff, you know me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Rick will not be surprised. <laughs> Mark can go sit on it. By the way, I understand congratulations are in order, Kyle. You've been upgraded from a capital F fake fan to a lowercase f. Oh, uh, yeah, he, he I guess he he gave me a couple points for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't so, listening. So, well, congratulations. No. It's a uh, it's more progress than I thought you'd make in, you know, 3 years with with Rick, so I, I got to chip away. Yeah. You know, I got to chip away. I mean, I'm I, I'm going to buy a Chicago Cubs cap and I'll I'll send, I'll send myself a you know, I'll, I'll put it on. I'll take. I'll be smiling. I'll send him a picture and be like, "Hey, come on, man! I'm trying over here." I'll buy. I'll buy Chicago Cub caps for everybody I know, starting with my family. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I don't know if I have anything else uh, for this week. I just I have some boring housekeeping stuff that I'll get to. Uh, actually, this is not boring. So, uh, Force Fest panel reminder. Let people write that down. Force Fest panel reminder, August 29th, this coming weekend, 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Greenwich, and the wee hours for our friends over in Australia and Japan. Uh, And if you can't make it to the live event, I imagine it will be archived, and I should also have the audio, which I'll pop into the feed. It might actually be uh, the podcast for next week. We'll see. Um, But I'll be joining, I'll be having my own panel, which is uh, the the kickoff to, or this the first panel of force fest which is the uh rise or the music of star wars in the post rise of skywalker era and it's going to be a great fascinating discussion i'm being joined by raven from sisters with sabers and devin from unmistakably star wars and we are going to have a great old time for an hour and uh i hope hope everybody listening will will carve out some time next saturday to hop in and join us at uh at force fest and you know be, have have your uh your credit card's ready and help support the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So that's going to be fun. And I'm also going to be joining Tim, our good friend Tim from the Nerd Room, to talk about Star Wars collecting in the Disney era. That panel also on Saturday, the 29th at 4 p.m. Mountain, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, and 11 p.m. Greenwich. So lots going on next weekend at Force Fest, and it's going to be busy, busy, busy. I have a question. Shoot. I googled Force Fest and came up with all kinds of weird stuff. I know it's it's so. How do I find this? So what you need, if you want to listen to any of the panels, is to go to getvocal.com. So g e t v o k l dot com, and you sign up for a free account, and then from there, there's there's a search you can look up Force Fest. There's actually a a rotating panel of like graphics at the front page. Force Fest, I think, is the first or second one. And then you you can click that, and then it'll take you to all the different uh, stages and then uh, different panels within each stage. So it's it's pretty cool. It's it's really interesting. It's a good platform. I've tried it a few times with uh, the guys at the Nerd Room. Uh, I got together with Raven and Devin earlier last week. We had a little chat on the platform itself. It's uh, it works really well, and um, I'm looking real. I'm really looking forward to it. Talking about the music of Star Wars, we're getting way out in front of this because three years from now, as we race towards that, uh, you know, uh, the 2023 Star Wars release, and we're pulling our hair out over whatever it is they're going to do with the music. Because as fans, that's all we do is pull our hair out. 
will say, hey, <laughs> we were talking about this three years ago. Where were you? So we're, we're, we're happy about that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's I have a question. Oh, my God. So how much time are you and Tim going to dedicate to talking about Poe Dameron face sculpts? Zero. <laughs> That's the right answer. <laughs> That's all it deserves. You know the I actually it's funny. I the I was thinking about Poe Dameron face sculpts today. The best one, I think without without doubt, is the resistance figure. Which of course is hmm. nothing like Oscar Isaac, only in that it's yep. it's you know it's a obviously caricature version of him, but it's the most faithful to the on-screen. Hmm. Yeah, whatever. Uh, one day, one, of, the, one uh, of these years, they'll give us a, a digestible Oscar Isaac face sculpt. <laughs> oh, I don't know what's possible. It's um, uh, just, <laughs> they have not proved themselves capable. Not yet. I, oh, good God. Maybe we need AI for this. Well, they. I mean, what did he refuse to get his his face scanned? Like everybody else has a super accurate look. Why not him? Did he just maybe. refuse to get that, that 3D scanning stuff? We maybe need answers. He was stung by a bee that day or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, They're rough. Yeah. Uh, last bit of housekeeping here. Um, so changes to the powerful friends effective immediately. Uh, so I've I've made it easier than ever to kind of become a powerful friend. So the two dollar and five dollar tiers are now a one dollar and three dollar tier respectively. So uh, if you've been thinking about joining for a while and hesitated, blah blah blah. You can now just get in to everything we do uh, for three bucks a month, or you can, you know, you can only you can opt to have the main show earlier than everyone else with no ads uh, for just a buck a month. And the details of that are all over at Patreon.com/tumblingsaber. Um, so thank you to everybody who has already gone in to edit their tiers. So the two and five are going to be gone as you're listening to this, and all that's left is a nice one and three. So easier than ever to jump on in and uh, get. Plow, get your ear holes plowed with tumbling saber goodness. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if I want that. You know you do. You know you do. And I and I know you know how I know that? Because you're a powerful friend. You took the plunge. Damn. Man. He got me. <laughs> Alright. All the, all that boring housekeeping is now out of the way. Uh let's get into some non-news, really. Um <laughs> So there was an interview published on The Wrap last week starring Kathleen Kennedy in which she spoke about the future of Star Wars, among other things. Uh, so let's just kick this around for a while. Uh, Marie, coming to you first on this one. You read the interview. What uh, what stood out to you? There's now the realization that this is a mythology that actually spans about 25,000 years. Wait, what? <laughs> like where did that number come from but okay that sounds amazing to me well i think the number i think it's stupid math i think when when and then you know having watched a new hope today when kenobi says for a thousand generations and a generation yeah. typically being 25 years i think that's where the number comes oh. from okay. well it comes from sense. legends because that's when they set down of the Jedi, which I think was based on that stupid math. But right. I think that's where the official number comes from, which again is legend. So that doesn't have to be the case, but confirms we should make a YouTube video. Kathleen Kennedy confirms Don of the Jedi is canon. 
which just makes it so <laughs> crazy, right? Because we, we're, we're going to, like, High Republic territory soon, which is 200 years before anything we know. <laughs> right! Yeah. <laughs> when are we going to get to these early years? Or are we never going to touch them? 70, 80 years from now, we'll... <laughs> She's like hinting at it, like throwing us these scraps, being like, "You're, we're gonna know about the early stuff. We're gonna know about the early stuff because the mythology spans twenty five thousand years. We're just yeah. not getting to it yet." And where, like the the sixty or so years that we've been digesting for the past forty years, where is that? <laughs> I guess. Well, I, no, I guess that would be at the very end of it, right? Hmm. Because Kenobi, yeah. Kenobi's stupid math does say twenty five thousand years. Yeah, it ends at the twenty five thousand years ends at the Lego Holiday Special. Oh jeez, <laughs> <laughs> the Cannon Capper. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. I uh, wait. What if? What if the High Republic? What if it starts off two hundred years before, but then they go back in time. I would not be shocked. Now that flashbacks are like a common thing in Star Wars, I w- would you be surprised if there was a flashback to like 10,000 years ago? No, no, Kyle. I'm talking world between worlds. Oh, no. I know you. I know your brain just won't let you go there, but this is what I'm talking about, okay? 200 years before the Phantom Menace, the Jedi, they still know what's going on with the world between worlds. So they're like, hey. Let's go back in time and stop this disaster from happening. But we got to go back to the source of this debris. So we got to go back like 3,000 years to the origin. Too much? (laughs) I I thought I muted you half an hour ago. (laughs) (laughs) You you know what? I I have this dreaded sense of inevitability that because like DC now, like they, they advertise fully now this whole, this idea of multiverse and Marvel is going to be doing the same with with uh, Doctor Strange and the Scarlet Witch show. There's going to be this idea of multiverses kicking around, and it's I'm sure it's going to come out just fine. And I feel like Star Wars will also bend to that and go, look how it's doing over there. I guess we can do it too. And they'll just fling open the doors, and a Star Wars multiverse will come and just punch me in the face and ruin everything for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want it, man. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, in a way, we kind of do because we do see possible futures, you know, in Force Visions and that sort of thing. Like Ray, Ray yeah. sees her dark self and her her possible dark future. So, in a way, we do have that in Star Wars, but it's just. It's it's still in that sort of it's uh, ethereal. Yeah, it's very, still very ethereal and theoretical, and concrete. Yes, nothing concrete, but it is sort of there. It, oh, it's definitely yeah. sort of there. <laughs> but I no. well, and, and you think that in the world between worlds, you think those portals just go to different times? They almost certainly go to different dimensions too. Oh, Dimension X, and we can get the neutrinos and the Ninja Turtles in there too. Oh, let's always, do it! All, listen, always in motion is the future. So here's the thing: if you want to go to see the future, there's got to be portals to multiple futures, infinite futures. Oh yeah, yeah. So, 
I'm gonna be sick. Just saying, just saying, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars multiverse confirmed. You know, I've I've got the like the in my brain, it's simultaneously thin, like onion paper thin reasoning why it will never happen. But at the same time, I'm like, no, it actually kind of makes sense. So we have Ahsoka who talked Ezra back from saving Kanan via the world between worlds. And Ahsoka is now being uh, presented, portrayed, framed up as almost like the Athena character in Greek mythology, where like, she even travels with an owl, which is representative of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, Ahsoka is being given that sort of like that Gandalf, Athena, goddess of wisdom role in Star Wars. And if she's telling people, don't tamper with the world between worlds, it's because it's a bad idea. Hmm. And so I, I wonder if that's sort of like rule setting now in Star Wars. Or if it's just setting up somebody going, no, nah, I think I'm going to tamper with it. No, nah, I'm, I'm going to do it. And then all hell breaks loose. Right. Oh, I made myself mm. sick. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kyle, don't worry, because the only way in, surely the only way in was destroyed. Surely. So, absolutely. Surely. No one could ever invent another way into the world between no, worlds. No. It's not on Exegol. Definitely not. And it's certainly not <laughs> there over there on Malachor. No way. Well, Palpatine definitely gave up once those temple ruins were destroyed. He definitely didn't keep looking for another entrance into the world between worlds. Absolutely not. And when he was on that Star Destroyer tempting Ezra with that salvage stuff that he pulled off Lothal... He, mm-hmm. he totally just dumped that out into space when that plan fell apart. Yep. yep. Yeah, he gave up. He totally gave up. Oh, no, the oh, Purgle I'm ate so that. screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. I hate 2020. <laughs> what if? Hold on. Hang on. Because those, those ruins were on the Chimera. And the Chimera blasted off into God knows where which we're still wondering where that is. But those pieces are out there. What if that's how Ezra gets back? What if he just goes back in time through the world between worlds and pops out back in the middle of the galaxy, but at a different time? <laughs> he just like struts oh out. God. I'd love to see him just like strut out of a portal like Ric Flair. Just... <laughs> that would be, that would be great. Then I would, if he, if they did that, I would accept it. <laughs> But the yeah, well yeah, okay. We can we can stop now because <laughs> now my brain's starting to hurt. All right, well here, here's a this this is a you can get a laugh at this one. This is one thing that kind of jumped out at me. Uh, Kathleen said, "You know when when I personally came to this, George had already been having conversations with his previous actors, Carrie and Harrison and Mark. There was a saga that the fans loved, and he never finished. He always talked about doing nine movies, and he was ready to complete that. And so our focus had been from the beginning." on finishing that saga. And we've spoken at length numerous times about whether or not this is actually the end of the saga. And here's another sort of loose verbal confirmation that it is. And as much as I want to put stock into that and believe Kathleen, it's it's not the end. <laughs> They're not going to let it lie, are they? No. No. 
Not at all. <laughs> no, and we, well, and we just talked about that this week or last week, Kyle. And oh, listener, you'll you'll get to hear. Well, patrons will get to hear that soon. But we talked about how you know, um, how we think it may have ended up uh, coming to be. The sequel trilogy ended up coming to be, and it and other possibilities. Uh, but yeah, it's um. The we yeah, it's so strange that we're still getting that. Um, George always wanted to make nine movies. It's, I, I, I just don't, I don't know how it benefits them to keep saying that. Yeah, keep put, <laughs> keep putting that on the record, right? Because seven years from now. Uh, at celebration 20 2027 for the 50th of a new hope when they announce chapters 10 through 12 book it we're gonna go but you said numerous times in 2019 2020 that it was nine and you said it was over and now here we are yeah why are you doing this yeah it's to me considering that they they talk so much not necessarily kennedy but you hear uh, different executives at Lucasfilm and, and people in creative positions talk about how they they don't want to limit themselves and they don't want to um, box themselves in. It feels like that's exactly what they're doing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I mm. just, it's so strange that you would you would do that, even if that it is your intention not to make more movies. Why would you put that limitation on yourself needlessly? Because, like at this point, I think most people are happy that the saga's concluded, or supposedly concluded. You know, regardless of how you feel about the sequel trilogy or the individual movies in that trilogy, I think most of us are happy that it's done, that it's complete, and we're sort of looking forward to moving on. Mm-hmm. But like to to put this finality to it, it just seems counterproductive to even like the 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 possibility of of few future entries into the the saga i don't i don't know and and of course uh, i i agree with you kyle i i definitely want it to be done here um i think i think there's just too much potential elsewhere um, and it's not to say that I, I don't want them to return to the characters and the stories going forward, but I just I just definitely hope the saga itself is done here. Uh, yeah, for sure. And I guess it, you know if if the next movies come out and they they all become financial mega hits, then it's easier to yeah. stay away from the Skywalkers. Whereas if they're not yeah. pulling in that money, and it's like, well, the Skywalkers are kind of still there, so we're we need we need to generate some big time cash here. Let's uh, let's dust off the Skywalkers, and then for a while, fans fans will go. But you said it was done, and then they'll they'll trot John Boyega out, and uh, yeah, I said you're not gonna I'm not gonna come back, but he's back, and Oscar same thing, he's back, Daisy's back, and we we'll all we're all gonna go Gaga for it, and yeah, they, they said that, but who cares? They're back, and we'll be really happy about it. Yeah, it yeah. 
Um, all right, moving on from that one, Nathan. Anything? Yeah. Anything for you? Anything that uh, you want to kick around here? No, it's like you said. It was kind of just. It wasn't news, and and it got a whole lot of play uh, when it came out online. And I, once I read it, I was like, okay, well, cool. It's everything we already knew, basically. Um, I, I I can't think of a single thing that's like <laughs> well, that, and that's really well, worth exploring. There's nothing new, so to speak. Like it's just it's doubling down on things that either she has said or Bob Iger has said or somebody within Lucasfilm in an official capacity has said. Yeah, um, and that's really what this was. But Marie, is there anything else that sort of jumped out to you? Um. I thought it was interesting because this sounds, I mean, it just sounds so vague, but there's so many fans out there and so many filmmakers that have been influenced by Star Wars for so long that it's a fantastic opportunity to get a sense of who wants to be a part of this. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's all part of the quote where they're like, oh, we're stepping back and we're we're assessing, kind of like the whole thing yeah. of assessing where we're going next. and. That was like that one. I don't want to say I was irked reading that, but I guess it's it's the closest thing because, like, I, I try to be positive. I, I try to give these people who you know, rarely let me down. I, I I try to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I I struggled with this one because I feel like we've been hearing this quote for a long time now. In fact, I, I was like, I'm sure I've heard this before, so I went and looked it up, and sure enough, like. She said the exact same thing to Rolling Stone in November 2019. Oh my gosh. Basically the exact <laughs> same things. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know. I'm not a movie maker. I'm not in charge of this huge property. Does it take this long to figure out what you're doing next? And I know it's a pandemic that really monkeyed things up. But really, like, the interview aired <laughs> or was printed in November 2019. Who knows when it was actually held right so i i don't know like it, it was yeah. like come on how hard can this be guys you've you've had months the better part of a year to talk to whoever it is you want to talk to like do you have is it because everybody's giving you bad ideas or you have so many good ideas now that you can't decide mm. and it's like just guys yeah. you, you, you gotta go you gotta pick something and go Right. It's well, like, you think yeah. you think about it. Abrams said no what like three times, <laughs> and they still got the movie out on time. Well, I mean, you know, it was Christmas instead of May, but like, <laughs> and like, look how quickly Ron Howard came in, and fi look at what they did with Rogue One. How many, you know, what the creative turmoil there? It's like, yeah, I I don't understand why what. Is taking so long and figuring this out. Like, is it? Are do they just really? Maybe there's just that much. Um, I don't know. Like that many contradicting opinions within Lucasfilm about what direction they should go next. Yeah. And you know, who knows what role Disney Plus played in in this delay? Maybe, maybe they had a plan because. Of course, we were supposed to get all kinds of announcements in February, mm -hmm. and a lot of those didn't happen. 
Uh, obviously or, something or, happened like around the chatter of rise of skywalker or maybe even the box mm. office or both and it's it something jarred them well i think it was mandalorian probably <laughs> oh yeah yeah for sure <laughs> right and i think maybe they had a plan maybe they had a roadmap and then mandalorian hit and it became and remains like the biggest thing in the world and now they're like well this this alters the deal <laughs> you know no that's a valid point it, for sure yeah so how many projects you know have shifted from being movies to tv shows and you know people who may have uh, been interested or been on board to do a movie might not be interested in doing a tv show or might not have the experience necessary or you know who knows yeah. uh i mean there could be it could be just just that alone could could cause a lot of disruptions yeah and well that's a you know that's a great point mandalorian and disney plus could have really uh changed the game for them and there's a quote i'll, I'll get to that in a second but for, like, i feel like i think it's a given that it does take a long time to figure out what to do like it's a big decision so to me, either they already know and, and they're just not telling us yet or they're terrified and they don't know what to do. And, you know, the, the latter kind of flows out of what happened this weekend with DC fandom. Like, I think if Lucasfilm knew the answer of what was coming next, we'd have had an equivalent to fandom. And mm -hmm. right off the hop, we Lucasfilm told us, now nah, we're not doing anything virtual. And we're like, why not? Mm -hmm. There was supposed to be a celebration. Yeah. Why not just do what you were going to do there? But put it here. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's because they didn't have any movie news to share with us. And you can't really do an event like that and go, actually, with the big screen, we still don't know, guys. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't think we really consider how big a deal it was that Benioff and Weiss left and what a hole that left in the schedule. Uh, I mean, that was that was sort of the next big thing yeah. for for Star yeah. Wars, and you know, I think I think a lot of us forget it because we want to forget it <laughs> that it ever <laughs> happened. <laughs> but I mean, I, that that was going to be a big deal, and the fact that that went away, uh, I just don't think that they. I think that was such a big deal because that was a multi movie project. I think that was such a big deal that. I mean, there was no way that they could fill that hole fast enough. That's true. Yeah. And, and, and that was the, the defining next thing for star Wars. Mm -hmm. And now that that thing is gone, I mean, it's, they still own it, I suppose. And so they could give it off to somebody else, but I think most creatives would rather do their own thing rather than yeah. pick up somebody else's. Um, well, and I, I wonder if, the, if things would have been different um, if sort of you would set the set the timeline back a bit, you know, if if Mandalorian had happened before they quit, you know, would they have been more excited to go back to TV? Would that have been more enticing to keep them? Ooh, maybe, you know, because hmm. that's where you know that's where they earn their reputation, um, good or bad. <laughs> But that is where they earned, you know, earned the reputation is on TV, um, you know, premium yeah. TV. So if 
if they could have gone back, if, if the movie thing wasn't working. And, well, we have another option. You could do a show or, you know, several shows or whatever. And that might have been enough for them to say, okay, well, obviously the movie's not working, but we know how, how a TV show works. So we'll, we'll go and do that instead. Um, again, you still get the problem of filling that movie slot, but at least that is more content and sort of uh, quote-unquote prestige um, to fill, help fill that void a little. Yeah, because, I mean, let's face it, right? Like, the, the, the movies, as, as great as Disney Plus has been with The Mandalorian and as great as we expect it to be with Season 2 and all the other stuff, the movies are still the big glamour thing. That's still the crown jewel. And so they really got to get it right with whatever they do next. And like Kathleen said, like, we, one of the first quotes that, that we read is that we, we just wanted to finish episodes uh, seven through nine first. That was like their big guiding principle to start. And now they're like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, we did that. <laughs> now what? <laughs> oh, yeah. man. And so I get why they're taking their time and why they'd be nervous about it. But uh, they got they got to move at some point. But then again, in comes this wild card like Disney Plus, which has probably been more of a game changer than they even suspected it would be. And, and uh, I think there's a quote tied to that as well. Uh she was asked if Disney plus was becoming an integral part of their programming. And she said, I do. And I've already seen the evidence of it. The ability to be very character driven with extended storytelling and connected storytelling. I think this space offers us a great opportunity to do that. Which surprised nobody. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, again, like these, these are quotes that we've heard them say in some capacity and she's just kind of reiterating this stuff, but yeah, like in light of not, knowing where they're going on the big screen. Like, again, this is no surprise at all, but also she's not wrong, right? Like mm-hmm. having as many hours as you need to explore different characters or storylines is a really good thing. And then when you factor in sort of the, uh, like the relative cost and the value and the bang for buck that Disney plus gives them, like mm-hmm. it's, it's a game changer. And you know, I, I won't be surprised. Uh, I won't be surprised to see them go back on everything that they may have said about the platform before. And I could totally see a yeah. day, you know, when, when Iger said that, no, 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 we'll never do a movie on Disney plus and stuff for star Wars. I can totally see them going back on that at some point saying, yeah, but we've whipped up a small budget movie, especially mm-hmm. for Disney plus. I can totally yeah. see that happening at some point. I think it's really, I think they're going to walk back all these quotes at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's one of the biggest and, most accessible platforms on the planet. I mean, it, it makes sense that if you want to grow that space and, and keep subscribers, that's where you you're putting your content. So I, yeah, I mean, I, I also think with the sequels that they, they realize that rushing these movies is a very bad idea. <laughs> And, um, you know, they, they kind of screwed themselves because they've made us, they sort of gave us an internal clock for how often this stuff is supposed yeah. to come out. <laughs> they programmed us. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. now, and now they're, they want to reset that clock again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, we're not going to, you know, Star Wars has reset our clocks too many times. 
Well, it's, you know, if you go back to look at those, the early quotes, like the, the day of the Disney acquisition back in 2012, Iger said at the time that uh, the plan to start was to do a Star Wars movie every two to three years. Yeah. And, and then at some point, I think TFA came out and Rogue One came out the year after, and they both did amazingly well. And I think at that point they said, I think probably I would imagine Disney was like, like, let hit, hit the throttle. Let's go. People yeah. want this and just go. And then it backfired right around 2017, 2018 with, with uh, episode yeah. eight and solo. It kind of blew up in their face. And Iger has yeah. kind of taken, like fallen on the sword for that. And it makes sense. Like, you know, people get all skeptical about what the faceless corporation said, but the quote is there in 2012 when Iger did say every two to three years. So at, at a certain point, he did understand that the cadence that Kathleen talks about is two to three years. And then he, at some point he must, they, Disney probably said, we, I think we can speed this up. I think, I think the market can handle more. Yeah. Well, I, I, when he made those initial comments, I met, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, that was before Marvel was doing like three movies a year. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and so Marvel has set so many expectations for Disney that, I think that's probably what happened. I think Marvel started ramping up and found huge success in doing that. Um, and I, I, you know, why, and why wouldn't you assume that Star Wars could do the same? Yeah, yeah I, you know, I get that for sure um, from, from an Iger perspective. But it seems like Kathleen has always kind of bristled at that, at that comparison. Because for how many years, decades, generations, as a Marvel reader... You've been programmed uh, as a fan to get the next thing at a certain interval. So whether it's every month or in the case of the really big books, twice a month, it's it's clockwork. For 50 years, you're getting one or two things of that thing every single month. And so when it comes to the movies, it's it's you're you can still carry forward that expectation that every year you're going to get a movie and you're just, it's easy to program that way when star Wars never like it doesn't operate that way. And I think Kathleen knows that. And Bob said, well, why not? <laughs> and, and then, well, here's why Bob anyway. Um, the only thing that I think we can consider as being news from this whole thing is that we learned for sure that the Kenobi show is a limited series run. It's not going to have multiple seasons. It's however many episodes it's been. I've heard four, I've heard six, but that's it. Whatever it is, that's it. So we're not going to get season after season of Kenobi. It's one thing. It's one finite story done. Well, and that's what it is for now. I mean, that's the thing we've heard possibility of so many different iterations of this thing you know it, it was this eight episode it was a six episode it was a movie then it was a show yeah. then it was a movie then it was you know so hopefully this is the most definitive uh answer we have to this and hopefully this is the one that sticks and i think four episodes is is more than enough to tell that Kenobi, a Kenobi story, you know, I I have several story Kenobi stories in my head that would fit in four episodes. Now they have to be longer than Mandalorian episodes. <laughs> yes, but four episodes, say, you know, fifty minutes. 
We'll yeah, this, this this has got to go like Lawrence of Arabia scale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Marie, anything else before we uh, pack it up and go ahead and talk about comics? Um, just a couple things. Uh, I did like how in the quote that you read that she said connected storytelling. So I don't know if that's just her saying that or if that means there's like a hope in the future for them to connect a little more things. Um, I do think they've done that with Dryden Voss showing up in the Clone Wars and the Darksaber showing up in the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. So they have started to do that a little bit, you know, throw those things in there. But maybe even more so, that would be really, really cool. Yeah, I kind of just glossed it over that. But that's that's a great pull. I mean, that's I think you can be tempted to read that as doing what Marvel does. It, it immediately yeah. made me think of all the rumors that we've heard surrounding um, solo related shows, you know, like yeah. the Lando show and the Mall show and the whatever if it's a Han and Chewie show or a Crimson Dawn show whatever it is whatever the rumors are that was sort of the first thing that I thought of was okay well I mean we've been hearing all these rumors about these shows spinning out of Solo um, and now Kennedy's talking about all the all, all these shows connecting that's sort of where yeah. my mind went and again so many there's so many rumors and so many of them are you know, they come out of God knows where, but that was, <laughs> that was immediately where my mind went. Yeah, no, that's a great point, Nathan. Um, cool. All right. Um, that's a wrap on the wrap. I think. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. (laughs) <laughs> who's ready to talk about comics <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute since we got a chance to talk about some of these comics um should we get the thorny one out of the way first the controversial one from last week bounty hunters sure. number four <laughs> yeah <laughs> not that i read it I, i'm gonna say full disclosure i did not read it uh but i saw the controversy uh i've seen the the pages posted online and yeah. um I, I don't even know how to frame this up, but we've been down this road before with Lucasfilm doing something that uh, can be very easily framed as tasteless and cruel. Mm. Um, Marie, you read the book. Um, yes. What was your take on this whole thing? Did you see the whole thing unfold online and all the anger and vitriol? I I wasn't quite... I, no. I Because the only thing that that I, I mean, yes, there was a pregnant woman that was held at gunpoint. That's pretty intense. But what hit me was that they killed off the queer person. Oh, so are these two separate people? Yes. Okay. 
Okay, so I, I thought, so spoilers, I mean, obviously we're getting into all these spoilers for all these comics. I thought that the queer person was also pregnant. No. Oh, okay. So that's it helps to read. Two different, yeah, two different people. <laughs> so at the very end of, and this is what got me. It, it wasn't like if it'll make sense when I, so at the very end, um, her name's Tonga. And she says something, and then guess who busts through the door and just shoots her in the chest? Well, that would be the titular character, one Boba Fett, no? Yes. And I was like, really? Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like, in my review, I was like, overrated much? (laughs) Like, this is ridiculous. Like, Boba Fett comes in and kills the queer person in the series. And I was not happy about that at all. Um, Because you got to see her with her girlfriend. And it was super sweet. And then it was just like, what? why? Like, she was saying, she was in the middle of saying, I forget this. I understand now why you did what you did. I'm going to go back home to my girlfriend and I'm never going to leave her again. Bam, dead. Nathan, did you read this? (laughs) No, (laughs) my uh, my comic shop is actually moving locations this week. So so they've been closed. So I haven't gotten this issue yet. But uh, like you, I, I saw everything online and it's just. Yeah, I mean, I understand um uh, yeah i mean there there's there are layers to this um i the whole pregnant woman thing i mean so what happened with the pregnant person in the in this issue so they went back and and i double checked there are panels from issue number 1 that were reproduced in this issue number four that showed you what actually happened way back years ago on Corellia. Mm-hmm. And Nakano Lash um, basically tried to prevent this pregnant woman from getting killed by her lover, the father of the child. And the father of the child was like, but I'm the heir to this syndicate and I can't let them live. What was it? I have the quote. Um, That's the guy in like the gold armor. Is that him? No. So he is, has a purple cape and really ugly hair. Um, (laughs) Maybe it is gold armor. It looks black from this angle, but he's got a purple cape and like two weird pigtails coming out of the front of his head. (laughs) <laughs> and he he said um can't be allowed to live so they like they can't be allowed to live and then he shoots basically his i mean he's the father so he assassinates the mother of his unborn child or he tries yes. to or does he well so, okay, no, so that that's a good point. 
the baby survives. The mother oh, okay. survived for a couple weeks. So before, that's a good point. So, okay, sorry. <laughs> um, before he was able to kill her, Nakano Lash killed him. And that's when every, whoo, good gracious, I got excited. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like throwing my hands in the air. Um, and that's when all hell broke loose with the mission. And they're like, she killed the client and all that stuff. And everything goes crazy. And they managed to protect the woman, the pregnant woman. But she only lives for a couple weeks more up until she gives birth to the child. And then she dies. Hmm. Where have we seen that before in Star Wars? <laughs> All right. <laughs> huh. Well. All right. So I guess what happened isn't really what I understood to be happening online. <laughs> no, I mean, these are they're two separate incidents, really. Yeah. And I, I get that. They just have the misfortune of happening in, in the one issue. Yeah. And it's, you know, I get that it's maybe a bad look for Lucasfilm to have this stuff going on. For sure. But yeah, I mean. I, I, I Well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, call me call me ignorant, uh, but I don't. I mean, it's a terrible thing to happen, but that's sort of the point of it, isn't it? Like, these are bad people like this yeah. guy who, who tries to kill the woman and her baby. He's a bad dude. That's the point, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's a book like called I, Bounty Hunters. Like, this, this is, it's not, it's not uh, the Boy Scouts of America here. Yeah, he I mean, is, well, go ahead. I'm well, I'm just. It's like, I don't know. I, I understand that, like, you know, in, even in the context of a bounty hunters book, you're supposed to have heroes and characters that you root for, and antiheroes and that sort of thing. But like it doesn't seem to me that that's even the case here. Like this guy is, is supposed to be an unlikable bad dude. Like, like you, you think of like a, a villain in any like TV show or any comic, like, I mean, God knows worse things have happened in superhero comics, but uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I just, I understand it's violence against women, but again, it's the bad guy doing it. It's not an endorsement. You know what I mean? And like, it's not for, I don't know. I guess, I guess the argument could be that it's sort of like using that experience um, for entertainment. But I mean, it's, that's not the only terrible and violent experience we use for entertainment value. <laughs> well, talk to <laughs> the know? game of Thrones guys, right? Exactly. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, and there, there, you know, there's not. It's not to say that that stuff can't be problematic, but at a certain point, you do have to put that separation in there, and you also have to look at what the the actual context is and what the text is saying about those experiences. Mm. So, uh, you know, I and I understand that there are also issues of you know trauma in in the readership possibilities of trauma in the readership and that and that sort of thing and i understand how it can be offensive to somebody who's gone through that experience um 
to to read that and and maybe think that it's being made light of or it's it's being trivialized um but uh, it, I, I don't you could almost do that with any any experience yeah you know and so it's like where well where do you draw the line then well especially since this it's not the first time we've been down this road right and and yeah i don't i don't recall i'm sure there was but i i don't know that i was active enough online in 2005 when anakin choked out his pregnant wife um, yeah we all just kind of went ooh anakin that's a bad deal dude what are you doing yeah uh, and, and I, it just kind of we just kind of let it go after that um and then we dealt with it again in rebels where unbeknownst to us at that point, but she was pregnant and being electrocuted and tortured. And that was like, Whoa, man, that's, that's a, that was a choice. I mean, things that are our opinions on these things that evolved in that decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, you know, the, speaking of treatment of women in the comics, especially we had that issue of dark visions. Was that last year or earlier this year? It all kind of bleeds into one massive blob now, but I think um, that was last year. You may have been yeah. late last year, right? Where that, like, uh, the girl, char- female character who was just, like, obsessed with Vader. Yeah. And he just stabbed her right through the chest because she was a nuisance to him. And it's like, ee. <laughs> oh, there's a, a little <laughs> bit of a pattern. Yeah. That, um, I don't know. I, I For people who are really angry with it, I get it for sure. Um, at the very least, yeah. Lucasfilm needs to see this coming and maybe steer clear of it in the future. Like at a, a certain point, like you, you've done, you've done it enough now. And it seems like you keep going back to this thing that maybe you don't need to do. Maybe there's other ways to do, do the story that you're trying to create without doing that. Yeah. I don't know. I, so, so the, the quote from Camus who is the heir to the Mourner's Whale Syndicate, was, if my father found out I have a baby with unbroken clan blood, I'd lose everything. I will never let that happen, not even for you. And that's right before he mm. gets killed by Nakano Lash. Nice guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah. So, I guess, on its own... It's probably a little more um, easy to digest, but when you do, yeah, you're right. When you do look at the pattern that we've we've seen, there's a lot of male on female violence, especially um, that seems to be, uh, yeah, it definitely seems to be a little more prevalent than maybe it should. Uh, and I mean, I will say that. Uh, Ethan Sachs took a lot of flack for that, for this issue, and for these issues in the comic. Um, but I would say that that pattern should be attributed to editorial and not to the writer. Because, you know, who knows if Ethan Sachs was even aware of that Dark Visions issue? You know, mm. that was a different writer, it was over a year ago. You know, I mean, it's well. At a certain po- at a certain point, you'd think Mark Panicia kind of gets on gets on his computer, opens an email, yeah, copies all of his writers, and says, "Hey guys, can we can we stop this for a while?" And maybe he's very open and lets it, and doesn't 
metal in that way. But it's it's not the first time he has been sort of uh, put on blast. Well, he doesn't like to get times. political, Kyle, and that that sounds suspiciously like politics to me. <laughs> <laughs> but and he's a guy that has and, has brought has like had eyebrows raised at him numerous times. Yeah. So it's it's hard not and, to get a little bit. Uh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Marie. Oh, I was just gonna say, and the other thing is the fact that, like, there were panels from this issue that were exactly from the first issue. So before they even put out this comic, they knew what was gonna like where it was gonna go, mm-hmm. like down to the detail. Yeah. So so this kid is going to it's going to have a uh, play a part. Like it's going to be a, a character continuing on. Is that. She is a character. We discover who she is. Okay. So, uh, so, you know, supposedly there is a, a purpose behind, behind this kid and, and the origin story. So it's and not, she's a badass too. Yeah. Like so it's, it, it's not that it's, it wasn't just done because like it, it, there right. was a, a, a point to it because it's going to pay off in the in a future story yeah they and i thought it was i i was really excited by all the surprises because there were three separate surprises in this Mm. issue that were just like oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh and so it was it was crazy um like nakano lash she she's not a bad guy she's a good guy and that was like what i thought this whole time three issues we thought she was this terrible person (laughs) and nope she's actually really good-hearted so that was pretty cool yeah i mean that's that's the thing it's it it, even even though the the discourse flared up over this issue it, it and ethan Sachs doesn't seem like I don't know. I mean, I I have read some of his stuff before, and he doesn't strike me as somebody who would who would have that sort of malevolent approach. Like, uh, I I don't see him writing that. You know, um, well, yeah, there was from there was the place also like, that he was accused of writing it from. Yeah, you know? like there was also like the idea that the the character who was killed was dressed suspiciously like Rose, and so there was this narrative forming that. Um, what? This, 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 <laughs> you didn't see that, Marie? No, that's crazy. So somebody, somebody thought that. Gosh. Well, this person looks so much like Rose, and it, the the right either the writer or the artist or both must have had it in for Rose too. So, and this was like their way of of killing her off, and make, making that yeah. kind of point. I was like, okay, can we not like Star Wars has enough issues? Can we not invent more? Well, and it hurts your argument. Right, it hurts your argument when you when you get into silly stuff like that, stuff that's obviously not the case. Like, yeah. like they're talking about her being supposedly dressed like a character from a three year old movie, like, <laughs> which you know is still part of the daily discourse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah. like. I mean, there are definitely valid criticisms here, and you know, I I think no matter where you fall down, I think I think we can agree that 
these are discussions worth having. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of people want to roll their eyes and say, oh, you're thinking too much about it or whatever. But this stuff is important, um, especially for us who, who consume so much of it. Um, I think it is worth having these discussions, regardless of, of what your opinions are going in and what they are coming out. I think there, there's value in these, these discussions. And yeah, I mean, there, there are patterns that, that need to be broken and mm -hmm. uh, there are definitely, you know, the writers, the creators need to be made aware of these issues and they need, because uh, like I said, I don't think Ethan Sachs wrote any of this with any malevolence, but yeah, you know, ignorance can be just as hurtful. Right. Right. So even, you know, I mean, I think we should be uh, sort of approach it with gentleness and understanding. Uh, but I, I do think it's important that he's made aware that people find issues, issue, issue with these things and that the patterns do exist so that him and other creators can avoid them in the future. Um, you know, I mean, um, we've been talking about gay characters in Star Wars for, <laughs> you know, for Oh, the, last, the last five years, really, since we yeah we at, at got least back at it. So you know, I mean, the fact that we're still having these issues, and you know, for one thing, that it's so you know, gay people are so underrepresented in Star Wars that it's this painful to lose one. <laughs> you yeah, know? I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, and, and I. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Marie. Um, I actually do panels at, I've done my, I do an LGBTQ Star Wars panel. Um, and I've done it at a few different cons. And then I was on the Star Wars Representation Matters panel at Dragon Con last year. Mm -hmm. um, and my expertise is, of course, LGBTQ Star Wars. So um, I, like, have, being someone who reads all of it, I can give you a ton of names, but mm -hmm. that's because I read all of it. Like yeah. if you, if you don't consume all the literature, then you don't know what's out there. Like the Dianoga, the Dianoga is a sentient species that has three different genders. Right. Like it's a non-binary species. And that's not something you would know if you hadn't read from a certain point of view. Right. So it it's it's really like I, I I really like having that opportunity to tell people like if you're if you feel that you're represented best in this way, then you should check out these stories. And because it is one of those things where you have to dig and you have to look for those specific, excuse me, characters and specific mm -hmm. stories. Yeah. It, it feels like the place where Star Wars is least afraid to create different and diverse characters. But when it comes like, it seems like they are chicken shit bluntly to take the next step and put it in an animated show which i feel like will probably be the the thing they do next and well, then up into a movie flicks and orca but oh right of course they but, are mm. canon gay couple but 
that's you know they're that was, not that was very short-lived plausible deniability yeah. <laughs> except for the one episode where flix's relatives are talking oh and yeah the one where they go down into that cave right into the mine they go to um their home or uh the the gozo home world yeah the mine and then they're talking the gozos are talking up top and they're like I see what he likes in that guy. Good find. Good find. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was Paul, like, that was Paul F. Tompkins was in that episode. It was such a good episode. With the, oh my God. The I recorded that scene where they said that specific quote. Like I recorded it and I like posted it on Twitter probably three separate times. And I was just like, <laughs> so happy with it. it it's ridiculous. Episode. And I, I've said before that re resistance isn't isn't my show, but every now and then there are the, those gems, and that that episode, I I really got a kick out of that episode. It was great, and the, the voice casting great. for those two is just on the money. Yeah, uh, yeah. J Jim, I can't remember the um, Jim uh, something. Jim Rash. Jim, Jim Rash. And and uh, Bobby Moynihan. It was yep. you couldn't have done a better thing to, with those two characters. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. And ultimately, like going back to the to the comics, there's this pattern. It keeps happening. And ultimately, the reason it, that keeps happening is because people keep buying it. And the yeah. people that have a problem with it keep buying it. Yeah. And so if you don't, if you stop buying it, that will be the thing that grabs the attention. And shakes yeah. up editorial and causes that email to go out to say, guys, we can't do this. Anymore. Or maybe, hey, maybe they even have a Zoom call so they can look each other in the eye and say, <laughs> this has to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Maya Culpa, I'm part of the problem. Cause... <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and as a, you know, LGBTQ representation matters person in Star Wars, like, I'm still subscribed to this series because... Yeah. But like it's it, Star Wars, like neither of you were outraged, like flipping tables like we saw online. No. Well, no, I was sad. I was definitely sad, disappointed. And I, I wrote that in my promotional tweet and in the review itself that I was disappointed with it. But well, it's sort of to, to your point, Marie, is figure someone who's looking for these characters in mm -hmm. these stories and, you know, they hear Oh, there's a there's a gay character in in Bounty Hunters. So they pick up Bounty Hunters and they're reading mm -hmm. for a couple months. They get to issue four and, well, you know, sort of the reason they were reading it is now <laughs> right dead on the on the ground. You know, like, yeah, it's that, that I understand how that could be hurtful. And it, it's it's not yeah. fair that sort of one of the few places that you could you could find that visibility is sort of just swept off almost, almost immediately. Well, it, it seems like the same people keep paying the price for shock value. Mm -hmm. Yep. For sure. And that I think is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. The quote from Tonga at the end of the comic was, I just want to go home. I got out of this hunter's life and should have stayed out. I am going to run back to Losha's arms and forget all this death. Next yep. panel. Oh, as she's being shot through the chest. Yeah. And then Boba Fett. 
Yeah. And and I don't know what, what I mean, we've it's we've talked all about the, the circumstances surrounding it, but for the character himself, like I don't know where Boba Fett goes in the future. Like he, we're expecting to see him uh in Mando season two. Where do we go with the character? Like this kind of entrenches him in fully a hole territory if he wasn't there already. Like he he was he was a little jerk in the Clone Wars animated series. <laughs> yeah, he was. Well, that's the thing. Like 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 he needed the help, right? Like it's sort of just like, okay, well you used this character, um, for this purpose, and really like you didn't need it. Like we we all go in like with sort of the sometimes begrudging understanding that Boba Fett is supposed to be a badass, right? Like you didn't need to prove it by having him kill this character. So it's it's wasted, really. On top of everything else, it's it's just a waste of a character. Yeah, I always had the sense that well, yeah. forgetting the the spiteful, vengeful little boy from the Clone Wars series looking out look, looking to get Mace Windu after that once he became like a pro bounty hunter it was all about the business and all about the job and again not having read the comic and missing all the kinds of context just to mm-hmm. see what i saw feels very much like hollow shock value type stuff yeah yeah and that's the thing i mean just knowing the basics that marie laid out like even without having read it, I can still understand why someone might be hurt. <laughs> I mean, was was she worth more dead than alive? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. Uh, is is I that don't established, know. Marie? Uh, no. I mean, she's just she's working with Valence to find Nakana Lash, and I they're just all after Nakana Lash. And so I, I'm not really sure about the bounties on each of them. Okay. So he's probably killing off the competition. That, that would, yeah. Okay. You, you would figure that would be almost again, it's against the code, right? Cause there was a big deal made of that in, in Mandalorian. Killing yeah. Mando killing off all these bounty hunters when they, after he That's broke true. the code and then they went after him and, Ah, there seems to be a lot of a lot of stuff going on here, but uh, let's leave that issue aside for now. Um, <laughs> let's spend. The, I mean, we'll spend the rest of the time talking about uh, well, catching up with Darth Vader, the the Greg Pak run on Darth Vader issues three and four. I think that was. I don't know that we've <sighs> spoken since then. So we'll, next time we get together, uh, we can talk about the main run, which has been also really good. Yeah. But this Darth Vader thing has been a trip. Absolutely <laughs> wild, man! Like. What a mashup of Empire Strikes Back and Attack of the Clones and the E.K. Johnston novels. Like, talking about connected yeah. storytelling that Kathleen Kennedy was alluding to. This is where yeah. it's... it's If that's the type of thing you look for in comics, and I think the three of us are kind of in that vein where we like to see the threads being pulled together through different media. Oh, yeah. this is chef's kiss, yeah, man. Absolutely. This is good stuff. So... Uh, for those who don't know and just listen to us because they want to get the basics of what's going on. So in this series, Vader is coming out of Empire Strikes Back and he's pissed that Luke said no to him at, at Bespin. And he is resolved to uh, traverse the galaxy 
and take out anybody who had a hand in raising Luke to be the weakling that Vader now believes he is. And for just for making the way <laughs> for, you know, for hiding him and for raising him to be this wimp. Uh, and his hunt leads him to Padme's apartment on Naboo and to a face-to-face -face meeting with Sabe, the handmaiden who Vader initially, uh, and this is, I think the cliffhanger at the end of issue one mm -hmm. mistakes. He goes, Oh, Padme. And he's like completely freaked out. And all the readers are freaked out. Um, <laughs> and you know, she's dressed very much like, uh, Attack of the Clones Padme with the white suit, the Flash Gordon suit uh, at the end of that issue. Um, but then we flat, we, you know, zipping ahead here to issues three and four. <laughs> Sabe has kind of teamed up with Vader to get to the bottom of Padme's death, which is the great thing that we see at the end of Queen's Shadow, where she, where Sabe is like, I'm going to, her and Tanra, we're going to figure this out. Like, we're not going to let this rest. Some BS went, went on here. We're going to find out what. And so skip all those years after. And here we are. Padme or Sabe has come face to face with Vader and they join forces. And then into the mix comes Captain Typho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. One of like this issue, number four, I think fulfills one of the oddest sights I have ever seen in Star Wars with Darth Vader sitting in the backseat of a bongo. <laughs> with Tonra <laughs> and Sabe and Typho, like I thought the same thing. It, it seems like a it seems like a weird like Lego scene or something. <laughs> the, I I laughed out loud. He's sitting there like a good little boy on a school bus with his hands in his lap, <laughs> and Darth Vader backseat driver on a bongo. I'm like, <laughs> what is going it's on? So unbelievable that Vader would let anybody else drive. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. like that he would tolerate anybody's presence at all. But I guess, yeah. you know, he he's he's on this theoretically he's he he's buying what they're selling and that we're trying to figure out Padme's death too. Come with us and he goes. And it's it's you never would have expected this as a storyline to materialize nope. ever. Yeah. And I I thought that uh I thought Greg Pak did an, an excellent job. And you guys can tell me if I was just, I'm just a sucker. But I thought he did an excellent job of concealing the fact that the whole thing was a ruse and they had yeah. no intention of working with Vader. The whole thing was a trap and they were they all suspected that it was him that killed uh, Padme and Anakin. So they don't yeah. know. They have no clue that he's Anakin and they yeah. think that Vader is responsible for his death. Yeah. Well, and, and the brilliance in the way that they figured it out by just connecting the dots of they both died on Mustafar and Mustafar was the domain of Vader. Like that's it's, I never would have thought of that as that connecting point, but it's so obvious now after reading this issue. Oh, it's like, oh, the way that they've pulled this off is, is, is fantastic. It's so, so good. Uh, yeah. And so they've, they've essentially they've lured Vader into this trap and where they are now is in like a Gungan underwater I don't, I don't want to call it a bunker. It's in one of those like little globes that the Gungans live in. And they've lured Vader yeah. into one of these things. It's almost like a, it almost seemed to me like a mausoleum of sorts, sort of because you've got that, uh, that sort of tribute to Padme that's down there. Right. Or was that? So no, that was, that was elsewhere. Was that elsewhere? I think. Yeah. That was elsewhere. Later when we meet up with another character from, from Phantom Menace. 
But anyway, so they've got no, Vader. No, no, that... you know, no, it was that tribute where because he the celebration. Yeah, it, it's that mural where he and he slashes it, and then the monster attacks. Oh yeah, yeah, so yeah. An issue three. So oh, it almost yeah, seems like three, yes, a yes, mausoleum yes. or yeah. sort of, sort of like a, um, a monument to that peace treaty. Right. End, yes. Of, uh, yeah, because they show like there's that yeah the whole mural of the end of, Phantom Menace with the with the globe and blah blah blah. Right. Yeah, you're right. That's that is issue three. And then so the trap is, they all, they're all prepared to die, for this cause of of solving Padme's murder. And getting retribution for her death. And so there's the thinking back to Phantom Menace, like the underwater uh, passage through the, the core. Sand, the Sando Aqua Monster. Yeah, the, the uh, biggest of all the water never beasts. Never thought I'd see it again. <laughs> and this thing just comes crashing down onto this bubble, underwater bubble that they're in with Vader in. And I guess the intention was that they're all going to just, they're all resolved in this point to die. Because they had the thing to sort of call the monster, like they had like a beacon type thing to call the monster, right? Something to that effect, that effect, which is how it came down and just bam, just rams right through that that bubble, and yeah. you're led to believe it's game over for all of them. Um. So yeah, obviously that doesn't happen, and um, they Sometimes get back. Sometimes it's up. not a bigger fish. No, no, of course, and it's not the first time we've seen Vader kill a giant underwater creature, right? I think in the previous, or maybe in the first Vader run. Yeah. I don't, I don't, or maybe it was the Charles soul run that he, had, he was also, he also battled that giant creature in the, the first dark issue of, of dark visions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, Darth Vader's old hat now at, at dealing with <laughs> <laughs> giant beasties underwater. And, and that, I guess that suits watertight too. And the Zillow beast. He did fight the Zillow beast. I mean, this is all a joke for Vader now. No yeah. problem. <laughs> but eventually, um, they all, I don't know, they wash up on shore or whatever. Vader comes face to face with an entire group of people, call themselves the Amidalans, which is awesome, but led by Rick, <laughs> none other than Rick Oli. <laughs> oh, Mar oh, oh, Mark Oli. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, I, I thought this was a little much. I thought uh, I was, and, and I know people have criticized sort of like maybe there's too many connections, but I'm really forgiving of this book. I think Rick Oli was was a bridge too far. <laughs> uh, I guess you can make that case. I mean, I guess it's just like throw everybody in the pool at this point, because the the well, you're right in that like Tonra. And Sabe, that those feel organic given previous stories. Yeah, well, they they feel relevant, you know, because we've we've just been reading about them. Right, and and Typho, if it, it felt like it should have been Typho or Rick, not both. Well, I I mm. feel I, I like Typho because he you and you get that in in the book is that he feels guilt for letting Padme go alone to Mustafa. Yeah. So I understand that, but Rick, I mean, we haven't seen him since Phantom Menace. <laughs> so it's, like, it's like it's been like thirty-five years. <laughs> it's been a minute, and he's an old man now. 
Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, it's been 35 years. What are you doing, man? Like, go eat your go eat your bran flakes and watch Jeopardy. Yeah, I go go hang out with the spice miners on the moon of Naboo. Like, yeah, do do something. It's yeah, it could have been a bridge too far. I was happy to see him, um, and then yeah, felt felt sad when Vader ran him through with the lightsaber. Which I, th- I thought that was the oh, end he... of him, but he's not dead. You know what, Rick Ole, I just thought of this. You know what Rick Ole would be great at? He should be a tour guide on Star Tours. He's great at explaining things. Overly. <laughs> You've learned so much. This is Coruscant. The entire <laughs> planet is one big city. You know? I mean, he's perfect. He should be on Star Tours. He'd be full of praise. He'd be full of praise for you. Like, yeah, you know, he'd tell everybody how quickly you catch on. Yeah, it'd be it'd be fantastic. Uh, I think the coolest, one of the coolest things, um, you know, if, if it wasn't obvious in Queen's Shadow, and I assume Queen's Peril as well, like these people are fanatical about their queens, and in particular Padme, and they will do anything to either protect or avenge them. And so Vader has this face-to-face battle with the remaining handmaidens. And yeah. so these, these ladies are now middle-aged and they are such badasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's st- like there's the five of them, Irte and and God, I can't I can't name them all, but they're all Irte, Dorme, Sashay, Rabe, and Sabe. Oh my god. Show, show off. Marie, ki- killing it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> So the five of them, and they're and they're just like, no, let's let's beat the shit out of this guy, and they get a few good shots in on him, you know. So good on them for getting that far, and then yeah. Vader flexes, and that's you know that's the end of that. Thankfully, they all they all survive because E.K. Johnson will probably need them again. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> oh, that was a really cool fight, and you finally get like finally, this might be one of the very first times you see the handmaidens going all out. And attacking the freaking Sith Lord. Yeah. Yeah. It was I loved that. Oh, I loved it too. It was it was so good and didn't see any of this coming. So yeah. good. Um yeah. and then one of my one of my favorite panels from the comic, and Ienko absolutely knocked it out of the park. But when they it's that close up of Sasha. And they talk about her torture on the boo, and, and she she looks so cold. Her eyes look so cold in that panel. Yeah, and it's so good. And especially after you know, I mean, I just finished Queen's Peril a couple weeks ago, so like, and and uh, after listening to um, Rick and Pete talk about the book, um, uh, and well, I f- I forget her name. Um, but they were talking about it on Jam Transmissions, talking about the book. And they were talking about the audiobook. So I actually went and listened to it, that section. And it is absolutely heartbreaking. You're talking about Eden, right? What's that? You're talking about Pete's wife, Eden, on the podcast? Yes, yes. I couldn't couldn't, couldn't remember her name. But um, yeah, so that, that part in the book, in the audiobook, that entire section, they just have like the audio of someone screaming in the background for the whole time that she's being tortured and it's it sticks with you <laughs> so as i remember as soon as i got to this panel and saw that just 
that look in her eyes. It was like, oh man, she she was never quite the same <laughs> after that. Yeah, and it oh, it's heartbreaking. But yeah, I mean, I just had to call that out because just given the context of right. when this comic came out and when Queen's Peril came out, um, just oh, that floored me. One of the things I liked, and this is, I think they talked about this in a Zoom call uh, with multiple Star Wars authors. I think it's when they unveiled maybe, oh boy, was it the the upcoming Empire version of, of From a Certain Point of View? I can't remember what the point of the Zoom call was, but they were talking to Greg Pak. And, you know, he's just out there saying, you know, I'm an OT guy. Uh, I watched the prequels and he was already well into like uh, he may have been like 30 by the time the prequels came out he's like yeah whatever they, they i like them but but uh whatever like he's an ot guy and so mm. to know that he he's had to have dove right into ek johnston's stuff he's had to like marinate in in attack of the clones and phantom menace specifically and mm. and yeah. soak all it all in and and mesh it with the the empire strikes back storyline and he's done this is really good stuff. Yeah. It's really marrying all these eras together. And, you know, these, these comics, we kind of paint them as like filler material for some of this stuff, but it's filler in the very best way. Yeah. Well, it's sort of the connections. Like this is sort of giving life to sort of those stray thoughts that we've all had, you know, like, when we think about these movies and the, the in-between parts, like we've always, I, I'm sure you guys are the same as me and that we've always like thought like, Oh yeah, this connection to this. And I wonder where this person was at this moment. And it's sort of like, you know, those like, Oh, when did Obi-Wan find out that Anakin was still alive? Like those, those moments that like, we've all had those like, yeah. Thoughts. and this is what this comic is to me it's it's sort of those brought to life those thoughts and obviously you can tell like like you were saying Carl, like after marinating in the movies pack has obviously taken those thoughts and thread threaded them together into yeah what i think is is just beautiful storytelling it's 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 fantastic Absolutely. i'm really loving this and then uh, the issue ends with Vader accessing Padme's actual tomb, though that's where the issue mm -hmm. literally ends. So we don't know what's behind oh. that door. Like, Marie, what do you think's behind that door? Well, um, I, I wanted to say something right before that happened when he sees the Japor snippet on the blue pillow. Yeah. Oh, and he's, that's that one of the things he does throughout, right? It's like in red, sort of like flashbacks in his mind's eye to yeah. moments through the movies. And it, it, it plays on the heartstrings for readers for sure. Like every single time. It broke my heart because I'm like, why wasn't she buried with it? Hmm. I mean, she, yeah, she had it with her at the funeral. It was in her hands when she was being <laughs> right. whatever hovered over. She, it was in her hands. And then now it's like sitting on this blue pillow behind glass I bet Vader was pissed. I I kind of wonder because I I kind of had the same thought, but then I was thinking these people all think that Anakin's dead too, 
but they never found the body. So I was kind of thinking, well, maybe this is sort of, they're sort of, this is Anakin's grave kind of a thing. Mm. Because again, like nobody, um, but everybody knew that Anakin was, well, I mean, he was a hero of Naboo for one. He'd be revered there too. Yeah. So I, I kind of figured, well, they kind of set this up to honor him as his mm. uh, empty grave. Well, that makes me feel a little better about it. I like that. <laughs> I don't know if that was his intention or not, but but that's that's what I that's what I read into it anyway. Well, and but, that's that's uh, the thing I mean, you're you're kind of maybe encouraged to take out of it. Sure. A blank to fill in by but, yourself. But yeah, I mean that just that page is is beautiful. And like enough can't be said about Ianko's art. I mean, this this book is just gorgeous. And like that page, that panel in the lower right, just that close up on Vader's mask. Like, not a lot of people can use that mask to act. But Ianko, man, like somehow Vader looks sad. Yeah, I was like, he looks absolutely sorrowful and it's the same mask <laughs> yeah i was just about to say like he did a, a masterful thing of taking that unflinching look of vader's mask and using lighting to and shadow to make it look <clears throat> like vader isn't like his whole face is frowning when he's sort of yep. staring at her tomb and it's it man oh man if like if you didn't if you if you're a star wars fan and you read that and you look at that panel and nothing happens to you if there's no physiological response, like check yourself into the hospital. Like you are, your heart is failing. Yeah, <laughs> it was. And also I, I, while we're talking about the art, I've got to bring up, um, Oh, hang on. What is it? Niraj, Niraj Monan, I think is. Minan. Is the, Minan. Yeah, that's right. The colorist, the way that he lights up Vader's armor when he has the lightsaber lit is Oh, it's perfect. Like it's it, good. It's it, real good. <laughs> I've never I don't think I've ever seen it done that way, but it does so much like I don't know, it's somehow it makes Fainer look angrier. <laughs> I don't know. It's perfect. I've never seen that effect done quite that way but I absolutely love it. Yeah. Outside of rogue one. I mean, I I, got to feel like that's the cue that he's taking from. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So Marie, what's behind that door? Is it, is it a trap? You think it's a a trap for Vader is (sighs) nothing in there or are we going to, we're going to come back next month and we're going to be talking about Padme's skeleton. (laughs) Oh gosh. Um, I don't know. And in the, the blurb for the next issue, it mentioned him going to Polis Massa. Yep. The, so, ru- yeah, the ruins of. So I, I, I don't know how it's all going to tie together. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, he is really hunting it to the end. Like, yeah, I mean, it's definitely fulfilled the promise of the series so far. I mean, you know, I mean, the whole concept was he's going to hunt down everybody who hid and like, he really is. It's gone back to the beginning. <laughs> I was and mystified it's... when, when I read sort of the synopsis to this arc, I was like, well, there's only like two people that 
had a pl- yeah. played a part like and they're dead yeah <laughs> they died 42 years ago like what's the point yeah. i don't understand this um but yeah i mean he's peeled back the the onion all the way and he's going right back right. to the place of birth and that oh man it's gonna there's gonna be some more heartstrings pulled here i think oh yeah even though that he yeah. vader won't have any um he doesn't have his own memories of this place but who knows what he's going to find when he's there. Like he might really, really find an old recording that he'll activate of, of his own mm. kids being born. Oh you know? God. <laughs> and it, maybe he'll feel something in the force. Imagine if there is a recording of Padme saying to Obi-Wan, there's still good in him. <laughs> oh, oh God. Delete. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. What does he do with that info, right? Delete. Yeah. And but he, he, I mean, we're getting close to Return of the Jedi, right? So the the, the cracks in the armor are, are happening, and Anakin is starting to percolate a little bit. He's coming. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's he's coming, yeah. and at some point, I mean, I don't know that they'll tamper with it so much to the point where because we're it's supposed to be Luke that sort of flicks that switch for him, but Ahsoka's done things that sort of stir uh, this comic book we can argue is if it hasn't done it already with the flashbacks and the heartstrings it maybe will soon Uh, so they maybe have already kind of played with that idea and Luke is just sort of the 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 last straw so to speak but it's exciting Nathan what do you think's behind the door oh the world between worlds (laughs) oh Oh, gosh <laughs> oh no. No, I, I don't know. I mean, the only thing I can think is that it's it's Padme's tomb and I Yeah, I I don't know. Like she's in there in a sarcophagus and he's just not going to be able to go through with it? Maybe. Uh I don't know. Like are her medical records in there? Like is that how he finds Paula's Massa? Like I mean, I don't know what I he expects know. to find in there. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, honestly, I just came up with that theory, but I'm of of him finding that recording and hearing Padme say that. Like, I'm just thinking of that now, and I'm already in love with it. So I, <laughs> it's almost <laughs> definitely not going to happen, but I really wanted to, because you think about it, like the last, the last time, like on Mustafar, his sort of his last encounter with Padme is that he thinks that. Obi-Wan turned her against him. Yeah. And now 20 years, 25 years later, if he hears that, he's going to realize, oh, wait, he didn't turn her against me. She still, she still loved me. She still believed. This is going to drive him more into questioning his path and, you know, drive him closer to where he is in Jedi. I mean, that would, that would be really cool. Yeah, yeah, you 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 got to think he's going to have another one of those moments like he had in Lords of the Sith, where just this rage for Palpatine just bubbles up yeah. within him. Yep. Wow, like there's 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 this is this is really compelling stuff here for Star Wars fans and Star Wars readers. Yeah. And oh man, the the and then he has the question. He has the question. His relationship with Obi Wan then, right? Because then it's. Okay, well, he had nothing to do with Padme's turn. So, at least in part, some of the hate that he felt towards Obi-Wan wasn't warranted. 
I wonder if one day we, we get a story, and I don't know where they put it. Maybe it's in like the Return of the Jedi type of, from a certain point of view, which we'll get three years from now. But a, a chat between Force ghosts, Obi Wan and Anakin, and they just—is it—is it? Does it? Does that conversation need to happen, or is it sort of like the look that Obi Wan gives over to Anakin at the campfire? That's it. Like you're on the light side. That's all I need as Obi Wan. That's all I need to see. Or do those two need to kind of have a little chat on on you know in the uh, ethereal plane and? just hash it out i would love that <laughs> That'd be i mean nuts. it would be cool it would be cool from like a sort of a, a fan satisfaction kind of standpoint yeah but like for my own internal understanding of how the force works and how becoming one with the force works like i don't know if that's how communication really works <laughs> when everyone's a part of the force <laughs> even yeah. if you're maintaining an identity within it like is it all sort of just like instant communication or instant understanding because you're all sort of mm. you are all sort of one thing yeah every like the understanding is instantaneous and it's just yeah, it's, it's just sort all about of like, presenting it to us in a way that so that we can understand yeah. what's going on because it's sort of really the only way that i can justify like how they would have taught anakin <laughs> how to you know how to do that so quickly as if it was sort of all instantaneous. Yeah. So time doesn't quite work the same when you're a part of the force. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because you have access to the world between worlds. I have heard <laughs> enough of this. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Okay, I'm done. I, I won't bring it up again for at least another five minutes. All right, fair, fair enough, fair enough. You know, it's we're into the third volume of Darth Vader here. And every time they do it, I'm like, again, can we please let this guy rest for a bit? Can we push past Darth Vader? And like, what is, what left is, what what do we have left to learn about this guy that's not been explored through six movies, an animated show, Two volumes of a comic book series, which were incredible. And now this too? And even this is incredible. And yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, we all keep saying that we're sick of it. But the Darth Vader comics are consistently the best comics that they put out. Like, I'm enjoying this way more than I'm enjoying the main series. And I love Soul. And I think the Star main Star Wars series he's writing is great. But this is next level for me. Yeah, this is this is where it's at right now. This is this is moving the needle for me big time. There's there's cool stuff that we'll get to eventually with the main title, yeah. but it's not it's not moving as quickly as compellingly as this is. This is unbelievable stuff here, and I yeah. I almost feel like I need to eat yeah. crow because you know there's always people going, man, we need a Darth Vader standalone movie, and I'm the first one to go. Would you shut up? There's been like six Vader movies. <laughs> And like, there's been, there's enough Darth Vader. Go sit down. And I'm like, there's, there's nothing left to tell with Darth Vader. Just if you just, I've always been the one to say, like, if your Darth Vader movie is him just swinging a lightsaber for two hours, I, I, we don't need that. We, yeah. we don't need it. But what these comic books keep doing is showing me that there is probably a story worth telling. And I would definitely have 
been okay with this idea in on the screen somewhere somehow mm-hmm. this is yeah. this is worthy of screen presentation absolutely yep. oh boy well and i'll tell you like i would want like man i'm just thinking like deborah chow like i feel like she's probably got the most out of uh sort of man- mando helmet acting <laughs> you know because and that's that would be the trick with a, a vader standalone yeah. um if you're what well, that is if you're going to focus on vader um is is having the mask act and i think obviously they've pulled that off with mandalorian where they can get that mask to emote and i think that would be an important skill to bring over but if if they and i don't if they were to do a vader movie i wouldn't want it to be about vader i'd want it to be a horror movie where vader is the monster <laughs> you know like Kyle, I don't know if you've read that Punisher run from a few, a few years ago. No. Where it was the Punisher comic, but Punisher was sort of like the monster. <laughs> and it was a really cool take on Punisher. Um, but that's sort of what I'd want. And, and sort of basically Rogue One, but like give us other characters um, and just sort of characters being hunted by vader yeah i I think that's the way to do it because i don't think i think in a movie you come with the pressure of having to sort of be on par with the other movies and you're just never going to do it like there's there's no reveal that you can do that's gonna live up to it so i think i think lean into what you did in rogue one but expand that out to an entire movie and you don't try to play Vader for sympathy or he is just that machine. He's the unstoppable force that just keeps coming no matter what. And I mean, we've seen that in comics and books and stuff. Um, I mean, that's, that, that is what Vader is in sort of the expanded material. He is just that, that force, but I don't know. I just imagine like leaning into the horror aspect of it and man, that would be some scary stuff. Absolutely. And and they've they've played the sympathy card a lot with the comic book. And yeah. Yeah. Too too great success, I I I I would have to admit. Mm-hmm. I'm partial to the sympathy card. <laughs> in in the comics and the books, I yeah, I, I think it works because uh mainly because like y- Vader can talk a lot more <laughs> in the books than I think you can get away with on screen. Like, I, I know it's not like he's not talkative in the movies, but like he talks a lot in the books. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> it's, sometimes it's weird. I, I think. It, yeah. Was it one of the Thrawn books? I'm like, Vader's talking way too much. It's kind of weird. Yeah. And I mean, so in the movies, so much of the emotion, and that's sort of what I was talking about with the mask acting, but so much of the emotion from Vader comes when he's not speaking. Right. 
I mean, look at that moment when he's looking back and forth between Palpatine and Luke. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I mean, just those like those few head turns. You can read so much into that. And he's not saying anything. Yeah. So it, it's tricky. It's a tricky balance. It's yeah, definitely for sure. Anyway. But I mean he he's made for horror. I mean, that breathing alone is made for <laughs> horror. <laughs> Which it, is something that doesn't you can't really get across in the comic. Guillermo del, del Toro horror horror movie Vader. Oh man! Never mind the gangster movie. Yeah, del that, Toro Vader movie. Oh, I guess I'd go see that. I'd clear, I'd clear my schedule. Anyway, there there we go. <laughs> Two hours on on a bunch of Star Wars stuff gone just like that. Uh, but I think. Uh, I think we're at the end of the podcast for this week. Unless anybody yeah. wants to keep going. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you no. know, we could. Yeah, oh yeah. Don't I know it. That's the way it happens. Well, we'll put a pin in it for there uh, for now. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll revisit this stuff. We'll pick up again in a month from now when, and see where the comics have, have taken us next, but it's all good stuff for net for now. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that will do it for the podcast this week, guys. Uh, if you want to be part of it, send your questions, your thoughts to tumbling saber at gmail.com. Uh, and if you can, if you take the time out after this, listening to this episode to help us make, again, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, uh, share it with your friends, leave us a review after you've listened to this episode, head over and leave us a, leave us a few kind words on Apple iTunes or whatever it's called. Um, and then become a powerful friend on Patreon if you haven't already. And like I said, off the top of the show, uh, one in three dollar tiers now, so we've made it super simple, super easy, and we're gonna give you lots of cool audio uh, for that uh, for that pledge. So check it out, Tumbling Saber, on Patreon, and uh, become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. And a quick shout out to our main man Rob Wade over at emotionally14.com. Uh, go check it out for some more great podcast content, including our friends at the Nerd Room and a bunch of other great pods. And finally, our pals at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. You got to go check that out. We're on, we got a page on Facebook, got a Twitter account. Go check out what's happening. And of course, you can find the network over on Apple Podcasts as a podcast provider. So, all that out of the way, Marie, where can we find you on social media? You can find me at Alia Morgan on Twitter and my reviews of all different kinds of Star Wars books. And yes, I am super excited about that Mandalorian golden book. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Me too. So cool. Um, Is at the Star Wars review.blogspot.com. Over to you, Nathan. At NAF Roberts on Twitter, and I'm in the comfy, cozy, closed Facebook Tumbling Saber group. Groovy, man. Come check it out. The Facebook group on, of Tumbling Saber over on the old FB. Um, also, you can find me on Twitter at Tumbling Saber, also on Instagram. And don't forget, Marie's got a big trivia competition coming up. Pepper her with some of your best Star Wars trivia. Throw it at her over on Twitter yes. or in the group. Just tag her and throw her a couple questions and, and help Marie climb the mountain and slay the Dragon Con. Uh, but that's going to do it for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Have yourselves a good one, and may the Force be with you. Bye. Bye-bye.
Static draws me closer to your place Willing me through my dreams fall away Signs blindly to the lines on your face Beating strong Drifting And I relive this dream Over And over And over Again Please don't leave my heart broken Bleeding Don't believe it breathing if only to see you next to me sleeping soundly smiling not relive this dream over and over the strength I And you run After my heart attack, cash from active care meant I had choices. When I had cancer, 
Cash from Active Care meant I didn't need to stress so much about money. What is Active Care? Active Care is a supplemental health insurance policy that offers protection for covered cancer, heart attack, or stroke, and a choice of cash benefit options from $10,000 to $60,000. If you're diagnosed with cancer, a heart attack, or stroke, you could end up paying thousands of dollars or more in out of pocket medical bills. Active Care gives you protection at an affordable price. So get Active Care for cash, choice, and control. Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Penn Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Visit colonialpen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit colonialpen.com. I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found myhealthpolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice. My Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com.